Two poor Greek sponge divers are adrift off the coast of Greece. They peer into the warm crystalline waters of the Ionian Sea of the Mediterranean, near the uninhabited island of Antikythera. They hold their breath, nod to one another, and dive in. They'd heard rumors, rumors of an ancient shipwreck, older than time itself, its secrets buried on the ocean floor for thousands of years. And so they dive, deeper than they've ever dived. As they come close to the ocean floor, they see it, a hulking mass coated in 3,000 years of barnacles, corrosion, and sand. They begin to sift through the wreckage. The rumors were true. This was no ordinary shipwreck. It appears to be an ancient Greek trireme, built in the time of Socrates. But inside, the treasures are that of no ordinary merchant vessel. It doesn't make sense. There's coins and statues not just from ancient Greece, but from every time period, hundreds if not thousands of years older from numerous eras. And then, beneath an ancient cypress mast, they see it, a machine, more complicated than anything they've ever encountered, rusted over but clearly visible, are gears within gears within gears, impossibly small, hand cranks, computer dials, its surface is inscribed with images of strange planets. This could not have been built in ancient Greece. Such complexity wouldn't be seen until at least the Renaissance, but there it was, 3,000 years older, surrounded by so many other things out of time. Could it be this anachronism is more than coincidence? The sponge dimer's temptation is too great. He lifts the machine to his face, takes a deep breath, and turns the dial. And then it makes a fart sound. It's like, oh, God. It's, it's a an, fart machine. It's a, it's a fart machine. And also Arnold Schwarzenegger's soundboard. <laughs> it goes to the chopper. to the chopper. It's like, wow, they're so advanced. <laughs> Wait, not only did they know how to make a fart machine and soundboard, they also knew that Arnold Schwarzenegger would someday rise to fame (laughs) and all of his famous lines. Welcome to Paranoia Shop, everybody. Hi, we're back. What's going on? It's uh, your old pals, Chad and Aaron. I'm Chad. He's Aaron, just to clarify. Just Uh, to distinguish my deep baritone voice. And my whiny, weird voice. Uh, (laughs) We are the two hosts of Paranoia Shop, the one-stop shop for all things conspiracy, supernatural, and weird, where we probably make fun of them all. Today's topic is one that's very near and dear to my heart. Wait, uh, don't take, don't take me out of that. I'm sorry. No, you love it too. Yeah, I'm just saying you're like, I'm the time travel guy. Yeah, but I, I'm just saying you haven't been accused multiple times of being a time traveler. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's because you carry around a cane and persecute minorities. <laughs> <laughs> and use words that I've discovered of old. No, that's true. That's true. I'm sorry. You, you you own it really, really well. And that is that is your thing for sure. I'm sorry. You yes. are a time, if that's spoiling it, time travel episode. Yes. Time, time travel, travel. Of the, the time, time travel, 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 time travel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was like, Aaron, you know, you could just make that echo effect later, right? You could just do that, and it'd be can okay. I? Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I'm not from this time. 
anyway, so two sponge divers off the coast of Greece around 1901 drove down to a shipwreck and found a machine that was completely unknown to science. Do we now know what it was? It, it was that in particular one was called the Antique Theorem Mechanism. Okay. Uh, it's an ancient analog computer that some speculated was uh, designed to calculate astronomical positions, but now we have no idea what it does. So we just guessed that it was to calculate, but we've never seen yes. it used or worked. No, it was because it's it was just parts. All these machine parts that look like something out of like at least the 1800s that was clearly built in like 800 BC. So it's very likely that someone was a genius and figured out cogs and gears. Yeah, but didn't have it do anything. Just made this fun magical ride of like i turn this one and then this one turns and it just or it was a machine that was left by a time traveler who was on a ship collecting all of this stuff from across the centuries that's actually kind of great that's actually kind of great to imagine those those signs from the past like they just find a skeleton wearing a top hat <laughs> or like those things from lost where there's the two skeletons and they're like oh, oh yeah adam, adam and eve, eve. there's all that speculation is that who, kate is that kate is that kate do they even explain that nope ever? never talked about it Man. Just two skeletons. Fuck lost. Fuck lost. <laughs> or like when, ba- or when Batman leaves a symbol on a caveman wall. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. This, and, is, this is just other times in fiction when a, a character time traveler. leaves a message for people to discover in the future. Yeah. That happens all the time. But a great trope. What happened to the machine? Did we just... It- so it's it now resides in a museum and pages upon pages, gallons of ink have been spilled over speculating on what it's for. Some people think it's an astrolabe, but a really complicated one. But they're like, no, there's all this other stuff in there. And now people think it's actually just an analog computer. Almost like... Um, like a Turing machine? Yeah, like a Turing machine. Hmm. But, but built in 800 B.C., which is insane. I, I I guess there could have been someone who was just that ahead of the curve. Yeah. They figured it out. Time travel actually seems more possible. Also, isn't it possible that could just be a more recent Turing machine that just aged because it was no, underwater? No, it it's been dated to uh, the first century B.C. Hmm. Uh, Professor Michael Edmonds of Cardiff University led a 2006 study of the mechanism and said, The device is just extraordinary, the only thing of its kind. The design is beautiful. The astronomy is exactly right. The way the mechanics are designed just make your jaw drop. Whoever has done this has done it extremely carefully in terms of historic and scarcity value. I have to regard this mechanism as being more valuable than the Mona Lisa. So it's remarkable for the level of miniaturization and the complexity of its parts, which is compared to that of 14th century astronomical clocks. It has at least 30 gears, one of which is called the sun gear, and it's operated from a hand crank. The other one is called the moon train, which follows from the sun train. Love that band, moon train. Moon train. <laughs> That's a good 70s alt-rock band. Moon train. Moon train open live. The 4-H fair coming to you, Indiana. <laughs> You're going to get crazy H- moon train. Moon train and the judging of the cows. <laughs> <laughs> the device is small, indicating that the designer was aiming for compactness, and as a result, the size of the front and back dials is unsuitable for public display. Because it's just dicks all over it. The device was constructed by a scientist or mechanic for use by a non-expert traveler. A time traveler, perhaps? Wait, I'm sorry. I feel like we're missing a main detail. All right, let's let's say you are a time traveler. Yeah. Probably stuck back then, right? You don't want to, like go back there and just mess around in that time Because I could easily see some scientists from, say, the 22nd century is like, I'm going to go meet Socrates. Right. Be great. Have a great time. We're going to get some drinks and I'm going to yeah. ask him. Gonna I'm going to ask him meat. only questions because that's the Socratic method. Wep, wep. Uh, 
but like then he gets stuck. What would be the benefit of having essentially a Turing machine? Does he need to count faster? Well, it's possible that it was more than maybe he's trying to rebuild a new time machine. That's so. really cool. If he was only and he's just so far away, he's on a quest or something that sank yeah. the status ending. Also, it could be possible. Maybe he just. It's very possible, right? What if that was just his last letter to the future? Like he was, he built that just to prove like, that's kind of his junk. tech credentials and like knowing he was never going to make it back but he brought that thing with him wherever he went mm-hmm. and the instruction manual was essentially so it's his like last a, will and testament so it was like a time traveler gravestone is what you're saying yeah like, kind of like I the, was here no that'd be really really smart Th- those, if you get time traveled back to like the prehistoric era it would be within your best interest to chisel in a dark cave that you think will be protected forever like Jennifer Lopez and Mark Anthony aren't going to last. Like, put something like that in your Bob, on the wall. Bob to show, was here. Kilroy. Yeah, to show that something, show that you were there from a time yeah. before. Just a, just a freak everyone out. Even if you're not going to get home, you know that you have a lasting impact on. Or it's possible. Here's here's something crazy. Maybe he did that as a message to his friends in the 23rd century. Come find and, me. And they come find me. Oh, and come then find they me. Left, they left everything there in place because otherwise. They wouldn't know to go back in time. So this mystery remains for 23 centuries or whatever until the 23rd century. And then he sees it and then they go back and rescue him. But they leave it in place so that it's always a message. Just based on the continuity, you'd always have to have that ship. There would always have to be a a strange discovery in the past, which we've discovered. Well, we just figured it out. There it is. You're welcome. First first paranoia shop (laughs) solution. (laughs) You're welcome, Antikythera Research Project. We got it. (laughs) Um, so we don't know who built it but there's some good candidates some people speculated maybe archimedes Mm -hmm. uh who you may know from the aladdin cartoon oh no that's mechanically no no mechanically was was mechanically the one with the electric eel and like the death death hand exactly so mechanically built or wait i want to he wasn't a sorcerer though i'm no he wasn't a sorcerer he was basically archimedes but evil Oh, I think there was a lot of a weird. Oh, yeah, this guy was the worst. I hated him. <laughs> he was not. All right, so look up mechanically. Just go to like the Disney wiki. Yeah. Imagine someone who's like your lame dad, and just wearing a sash. He has a monocle, and he used like all the. He had all of these little mechanical creatures that he built, like steam powered bulls and a steam owl. Like yeah, again, another time where just a villain would be so better served. Oh, you can make these things, and you want to re- take over the world. You've got it. Industrialize this. You're good. <laughs> you can build giant like scarab robots. And he's like, no, I'm going to use it to make uh, this bull that will harass Aladdin. <laughs> I hate that Aladdin. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to take over a desert town with your cool mechanical beetle that's already cooler than anything yeah. you could take out of the Hang town. out in the Mediterranean. The, the Middle East sucks. Stick around the Mediterranean and build a paradise for yourself. <sighs> so dumb. All right. Sorry, Disney. But that was a bad idea. <laughs> Chad, did you have any anything that you might want to bring up? Yeah, there's one I was digging up a little into. Um, I'm going to say names probably wrong because it's all French and that's not... That's not oui, Fran- oui, bien sûr. French is not in my wheelhouse at all. Like just per- n- stop it. Just names of just names of things. Uh, one that I I found that I've I am already a big fan. Just skimming skimming through it already. I was like I've been saving it. It's called the Moberly Jordan. It's M O B E R L Y Jordan J O U R D A Jordan incident. 
Uh, it occurred in the early 1900s, like 1901. They're all in 1901. Man, Was there a dude, time schism? There's something key there. It's just also good for like fiction, like right next. Yeah, because it's like the the cusp of scientific, yeah, scientific. I'm <laughs> yeah, uh, is these two kind of uh, educated, more uh, hoity-toity women were having a trip to Versailles. Okay. Uh, and a small chateau, and the, the, they mentioned my favorite diesel is like, they didn't have a very good time. <laughs> they walked around. Uh, and basically, uh, what they believed is they discovered an alleged time slip where they transported back in time and met Marie Antoinette and other people from the same period. Wait, like that awful Hugh Jackman movie? Wait, which Hugh Jackman movie? The Wolverine? No, no, no. <laughs> no. Uh, it's the one where he's like a, a 19th century guy and he goes through a time slip. No, not like Caden Leopold. Yeah, that one. Right, no, that's the opposite because Caden Leopold is him coming forward into the future. This is. 1901 going back in, back time, in time okay to another time so these and they're just like imagine librarians like, <laughs> like just just old women oh let's go on oh, time go. adventures together uh, so they they go on a trip to versailles and believe that they were just walking through the garden and just suddenly found themselves in a different time of the world there's also this really dark scary moment in the story let me let me set this up this is taken okay. from uh they reached the edge of a wood, close to the Temple de la Mort, and came across a man seated beside a garden kiosk, wearing a cloak and large shady hat. According to Moberly, his appearance was most repulsive, its expression odious, his complexion was dark and rough. Jourdain noted the man slowly turned his face, which was marked by smallpox, his complexion was very dark. The expression was evil and yet unseen, and though I did not feel that he was looking particularly at us, I felt a repugnance to going past him. A man later described as tall, with large dark eyes, and crisp curling black hair under a large sombrero hat, what? came up to them and showed them the way to the petite Trianon. At this point, they claimed that a feeling of oppression and dreariness came over them. They then saw some men who looked like palace gardeners who told them to go straight on. Moberly described them as very dignified officials, dressed in long grayish-green cloaks with small three-corned hats. Uh, they also noticed more things, a cottage with a woman and a girl in the doorway, uh, very weird, strange living pictures like Madame Tussauds waxwork. So they're kind of what? tripping balls. <laughs> they're kind of losing their mind. What? Uh, Moberly did not observe the cottage they referred that Jordan uh, referred to, but felt the atmospheric change. She wrote later, Everything suddenly looked unnatural, therefore unpleasant. Even the trees seemed to become flat and lifeless, like wood worked into tapestry. There were no effects of light and shade, and no wind stirred the trees. Again, super acid trip. Yeah. After crossing a bridge, they reached the gardens in front of the palace, and Moberly noticed a lady sketching on the grass who looked at them. She later described what she saw in great detail. The lady was wearing a light summer dress, on her head was a shady white hat, and she had lots of fair hair. Moberly thought she was a tourist at first, but the dress appeared to be old-fashioned. Moberly came to believe that this lady was Marie Antoinette. Jourdain, however, did not even see the lady. After this, they were directed round to the entrance and joined a party of other visitors. After touring the house, they had tea at the Hotel des Reservoirs before returning to join Jourdain's apartment to tell everyone that they traveled back in time to Marie <laughs> Antoinette. Basically, the aftermath is after they left Versailles, no one mentioned the incident for like a week later, and uh -huh. they started writing about it to their friends. Like, like yeah, really weird thing. Yeah, weird just, thing. We just happened to travel back in time and see Marie Antoinette. <laughs> no weird, Very weird. No it was weird a fun thing. trip, though. Fun trip. And then they started doing research of the buildings. They went and saw that, like, oh, no, this is stuff that happened there. This might have been those people. Wow. Uh, convinced that the grounds were haunted, they decided to publish their findings in a book called An Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> a 
Finn's adventure. An advent- a fun adventure we had under the pseudonyms of <laughs> Elizabeth Morris. We saw a black man. We saw a black man coming. And a man in a sombrero. And a white lady sketching. <laughs> <laughs> what an adventure for these two librarians. The book containing the claim that Marie Antoinette had been encountered in 1901 caused a sensation. Most critics <laughs> did not take it seriously on the grounds of the implausibility and inconsistencies. Uh, both women are reported to have had many paranormal experiences before and after their adventure. <laughs> of course they so did. They're after cr- they were a bestseller. They're crazy. Yeah. And then we went back in time and met Jesus. I I just imagine these old ladies like go out and then and then like, oh, is that Marie Antoinette? Hello, Marie Antoinette. And then just smash cut to both of them passed out on the ground, <laughs> twitching with their mouths foaming. Just them being clubbed <laughs> over the head by someone mugging them. Yeah. <laughs> and our purses were stolen by the King of England. I did not know this until looking deeper into it. The story of the adventure was apparently made into a TV movie called Miss Morrison's Ghosts in 1981. Oh, it's got to be And I think this shit. is very speculative, but the incident is said to have exerted an influence on J.R.R. Tolkien's views and works. I don't think so. How? I don't know. Is there a part in Tolkien where they, go, where they go back in time for a nice cup of tea? The only part I can think of is like the ghost king that uh, Aragorn goes and gets the ghost army. But that's not what happened here. They just go look at Marie Antoinette. She doesn't summon Marie Antoinette and the, the ghosts, the aristocracy, and reclaim France in the name of librarians <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. All right. So here's my favorite part of the story. Because otherwise, like, okay, some two women, obviously, probably in the middle of menopause. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, just being in hysterics because of their women periods. Yeah. Freaked out on a hot summer day and just saw something. Or they saw a black person and freaked out. And they got overwhelmed and flustered. They got overwhelmed and flustered. The, there's been a few explanations of it. And this is my favorite one. I'm going to just... Um, this is basically by a French poet named Robert de Montesquieu. Oh, yeah. Robert de Montesquieu. Yeah, Montesquieu. I was rereading like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. Robert de Montesquieu. At the time of Moberly and Jourdain's excursion to Versailles, Montesquieu lived nearby and reportedly gave parties in the grounds where his friends dressed in period costume <laughs> and performed different ent- entertainments in character. Moberly and Jourdain may have inadvertently stumbled into a rehearsal for one of these performances. <laughs> the, Marie, the Marie Antoinette figure could have been a society lady or a crossdresser, the pockmarked man Montesquieu himself. <laughs> it was suggested that a gathering of the French decadent avant-garde of the time could have made a sinister impression on the two middle-class Edwardian spinsters who would have been little used to such company. So they just stumbled across a costume party and took it all as fact and then wrote that, a book about it. So that it. would literally be like if you and I, Chad and Aaron, were like walking around West Virginia and then stumbled, we the colonial into, a times war, we stumbled into a civil war reenactment and like my god chad we've traveled back, back in, time. in time don't kill anyone and any when, one of these people could be our great grandparents and then when they walk away because it's the end of the day and they go back to their lives we're like we're back and we're back we made it we made it back thank god it's time to publish our adventure this is also like more like going to a murder mystery dinner party <laughs> and thinking someone's actually been murdered oh my god that's something you i'm should... calling the police no Wait, one move has anyone ever had a murder mystery dinner party where you invite 10 of your friends tell nine of them that it's a murder mystery dinner party and not told the other person that it's a murder mystery dinner party and just let everyone lose their mind that would freak me out amazing that'd freak me out real bad that'd be great so that's that the moberly jordan incident i absolutely love that <laughs> i just really i was like i'm on board so far and until it's like oh they're just dumb <laughs> 
Mine is a little bit more modern. It's sort of like a another one of these internet folklore stories. It takes place back in the dark and woolly days of 2000 and 2001. <laughs> yeah, uh, we were it, so innocent back then. We were so innocent and naive. In a little story called The Incident of John Titor. Perhaps you've heard of it. Maybe you haven't. No. John Titor is the name used on several internet bulletin boards during 2000 and 2001 by a poster claiming to be a time travel from the year 2036. What? In these posts, uh, Titor made numerous predictions, a number of them vague and some quite specific, about events in the near future starting with events in 2004. He described a drastically changed future in which the United States had broken into five smaller regions. Uh, the environment and the infrastructure have been devastated by a nuclear attack, and most of the other world powers have been destroyed. As of 2013, these events have not yet taken place. So, there's no credibility to any of this. But people wanted to believe, and there was a lot of talk about it, like a lot of talk. Sorry, when, when were these discovered again? These 2000 were... and 2001. And so I, basically there was like three year period of like, it's going to happen. I remember this. I was on those message boards in the year 2000. You're going, oh God, Titor's our savior. Well, this is before there was like a lot of internet frauds. So I was like, this could be real, guys. We have no idea. <laughs> uh and so, 16 year old year or whatever. Yeah, just... yeah, yeah. So, the first posts appeared on the Time Travel Institute forums on November 2nd of 2000 under the name Time Travel underscore zero. At the time, the posts had nothing to do with future events, and the name John Titor wasn't being used. Instead, they just discussed time travel in general. Uh, the first one being the six parts description of what a time machine would need to have to work. <laughs> and responses to questions on how such a machine would work. The follow-up posts were regarding where he could maybe procure a few of these components. So this guy's posted on the message board like, hey, here's some things a time traveler would probably need. Just coincidentally, what if I wanted these things? Yeah. Well, you guys know. And then he's like, I'm not a time traveler. <laughs> but where would I get those? Where would, I, I, get, wanted to where go would I get a flex capacitor if I wanted one? Where would I be? At, where would I get a yeah. chrysanthemum crystal? So eventually, you know, all the posters have their interest peaked, and they start drawing it out of him over the course of several months. He would just appear on random internet <laughs> forums, and it eventually comes out that he was basically an Air Force test pilot. You know, he's sort of like one of the right stuff guys, but from the year 20. 36, and that he had been sent back in time with a number of objectives, one of which was to try to prevent the civil war that uh, tears the United States Oh, not apart. the original civil war. No, this to stop the second civil war. In 2032 or whatever, they're super racist, like, we need to stop the South from losing. Yeah. But what had happened was he travels back and then his time machine broke down. And now he just doesn't know what to do other than post on internet message boards. <laughs> yeah, like, I would like to think at that point in time, unless there was just some technology that was that advanced, you could probably get it going. Like I, well, you know, it'd be like if someone from this era traveled back to 1960 and was suddenly tasked with building, a, you know, an Android phone. I like to always think about the idea of if time travel was real, yeah. what would be the protocol? Um, I've always been very interested in the idea that I think time travel actually will exist at some point, mm -hmm. but what will happen, and this is how I would police it. If I was like the governor of time, when mm -hmm. time travels existed, I get to make that call. Whatever point time travels discovered at, like the first person discovered, at least publicly, that is the dead zone of you can't go before that time. Let's like, say it's like 2052. Yeah. And some guy just figures out the right thing to get a time machine going, reports it to the authorities. They go, mark this date. Time travel will be policed and regulated and enforced and used for specific 
purposes, uh-huh. but no one is ever allowed to go back beyond the initial point. To but keep this idea of like a timeline pure, that no, it'd be kind of like a, a, a universal treaty of the way, like, we're not going to nuke yeah, each other. But then, no one's allowed to go back before 2052. But then you'll immediately have, that's kind of the plot of Looper, right? Is that the gangsters get control of it. Like, it's been outlawed, so gangsters use it for their own ends for right. some ridiculous paradoxical purpose. Yeah, and they have a sense. very convoluted system. Go see Looper, though. There also would be that anyone who does go back, they would have a protocol of if you get stranded, right? Yeah. Because like, most time travel stories go in two different ways. Time travel is just all out everyone has it there's a futuristic race and one person stumbles back on mm-hmm. whereas i'm one crazy person who figured this I'm out i'm the first one i'm the first one no one else knows because it's too complicated to think about like how if everyone can time travel right if, if everyone could time travel we're all screwed yeah if you think that if any story plot where destruction of the timeline ruins everything you're messed up so there would be some sort of protocol of either a very powerful homing beacon maybe something that could last like millennia mm-hmm. maybe something with like a half-life and a giga counter like something that creates like a beacon of that sort of thing so if this specific neutrino pops up in a place it's not supposed to then they would be able to track it back to where it like let's originated. say we, let's say we had a grand, like right now we send someone back 300 years yeah if you get stuck just get to that coordinate point and put a message of what year and where you'll be yeah and we'll dig it up in the future and come get you and then you never have to worry about that, see, that's stranded. a really good idea, unless, unless, and the, tying this back to John Titor, uh, you subscribe to the many worlds theory of time travel. Yes, yes. Which is where, whenever you go back in time, you're actually going into an alternate universe where you existed in that time, and anything you do in that timeline will not affect your own future that you came from. Yeah, right, which is actually what I, I believe, is that you would have... Let's say, let's say we send you back, Aaron. Let's say we send yeah. you back to 300 years ago. I'm like, I don't, Aaron's not back yet. I'm really, I'm really worried about him. But we had a, we had a protocol, and I go to the Ralphs on on Western. Like that's where we said we we're gonna go. Like put it in the frozen yeah. food aisle because that'll still be around forever. I'll, I'll, I'll hire Western Union to, to, deliver, <laughs> to a deliver a message, a, a message to this Ralphs on Western. But as long as you do that, right? Yeah. I know that you are stuck somewhere. I can come back and get you. Yeah. So. In the course of maybe like a day, I recover you mm-hmm. of my own time. You come back and you're like so grateful because I go back and get you as soon as you're stuck or you, as soon as you got to that point. You probably had to spend a couple weeks getting things ready. Maybe I build a refrigerator in the Old West. You build West. a refrigerator in the Old West? God, <laughs> yeah. Remember, remember when Doc Brown made ice? Uh, that was a great moment. Did someone found that machine later? Yeah, and, and his man, his name was Jonathan Refrigerator. GE. <laughs> Jonathan General Electric. What would happen is what you're trying to say to these other World Series that we would bring you back and create, by just, as soon as you do that, we'd create another timeline where there is a timeline of you that never got rescued. Yeah. Like, there would be a version of you that put the message and then you just lived your life 300 years ago, never getting picked up because as soon as they picked you up, we created a diverging timeline. Exactly. So that that's actually what happened to John Titor. He, people were like, hey, how come these uh, things that you predicted aren't happening yet? And he's like, well, when I went back in time, at first I thought the variation would be minimal, but I clearly have made a lot of ma- major diversions from my timeline. And so I've just described to you an alternate reality. And the only, I just want to get back to my reality. That's interesting. There's another, um, and I don't want to say, I don't know how much more you want to have to say about Tito, but... Uh, Titor. Uh, Titor, sorry, Tito. <laughs> Tito Fuente. One of the different, several accused time travelers we found online. And one of them was a, an investor that people believed was a time traveler because his just was making all of the right 
calls on investments. Yeah. He's essentially insider trading with himself, which is one of the fantasies of time travel. It's done in Back to the Future too. If you know where stocks are going to go or who's going to win certain games, then you'll be a rich man. You just play, yeah, keep doubling your money, even though people may be like, "That's really suspicious." As long as you, that's actually addressed in Stephen King's new time travel book, eleven twenty two sixty three, where they go back and uh, stop the JFK assassination. Yeah, he he survives uh, by making really large bets on small games with all these underground bookies. But in that novel, time has a way of kind of like gumming you up whenever you're trying to make major changes, which believe it or not, a lot of scientists think that would happen. Like something would preserve the time stream to prevent major alterations, which sounds absurd to me. But like, you know, if you tried to shoot your own grandpa, the gun just wouldn't work. That's I, I don't even think like time would just gum myself up. I think that as soon as you make a plan of, okay, I know the next hundred World Series. Yeah. As soon as you even betting on a game, if, if none of those players ever hear about you, if it's just like a silent thing, as soon as you make a bet on one of those World Series, the butterfly effect idea will be that somehow you create a chain effect that the, changes the bookie, like... The bookie doesn't have that $5,000, so he can't do this, which in turn affects that and that. This and that. Is, and just spirals so that in five or six years, the World Series is won by a different team than you thought was going to be won. Right. Like that much of a spiral, and you're like, oh, my entire that plan ma- is- I, That makes sense to me. I think that, that the universe has some sort of hand of fate preventing you from making the bet. Yeah, is a little silly. And, and the reason I was mentioning that was is one of these uh, supposed time travelers was an investor was is that he made all of these amazing investments, but then got arrested for insider trading. Think even though he didn't have an, have any actual evidence on him, but just it was so clearly oh, suspicious. And people are saying he is a time traveler. In his mind, in his version of the story, he didn't get arrested. So the timeline changed where he didn't see the arrest coming. Because of the timeline change, it's just like a, it's a, it's not a real heavy accusation. It's like, oh, that's kind of how time travel and manipulating the time stream would work. Well, it depends. Uh, if you want to, just to wrap up John Titor's situation, he proceeded to make all these predictions. They weren't really coming true, and he was like, oh shit, I, I'm in the wrong timeline. Uh, I don't even know if how I can get back now. But he still was trying to track down the parts that he was trying to get were two magnetic housing units for the dual micro singularities. Okay. An electron injection manifold to alter mass and gravity of the micro singularities, or tiny black holes, essentially. That's what a singularity is. Uh, a cooling and X-ray venting system. That's made up. Gravity sensors, four main cesium clocks, which are like atomic <laughs> clocks, okay. and three main computer units. And they were all wired into the rear of a 1967 Chevrolet Corvette. Oh, shut up. <laughs> shut up. I was even like, I know he's just making this up. He's just telling people this. He's like, it's also in a car. Well, he posted photos of them. And apparently one of them showed to demonstrate that it was real. He, he took a laser pointer and pointed it at the machine. And you see the laser bend, which implies that there is like a huge gravity well capable of bending light. Okay. Uh that's, but some, a, that's a pretty ambitious troll. Like, it is an you. ambitious troll. But some people are like, that kind of just looks like fiber optic cable and not a laser pointer laser. Oh. Like <laughs> but that that was one of the things he posted to say, like, I'm not making this up, guys. <laughs> so he went back in time to try to stop the Civil War. But he also went back in time uh, to try to get a an IBM 5100 computer from 1975. Why? Because apparently in the future... All these computers uh, have this major bug in Unix that in the year 2038, uh, the programming breaks down because some guy who started programming Unix didn't think his program language lasts that long. So, it, you know, it's sort of like the, the year 2000 bug, but extended to year 2038. On a more ridiculous would never happen scale. Yeah. We made code just 
deteriorate? So he has to go back in time to 1975 to get an original IBM 51 computer because it, it can debug that in the future. No, and that's not how destroyed. code works. And he apparently just stopped over in the year 2000 just for, quote, personal reasons. And then his time machine broke down. <laughs> to bang some celebrity. <laughs> yeah. You want to hear some of his predictions? That sure. Have yeah, yet to come what, yeah, let's see what he has to say. Uh, okay. And what so, years are these supposed to happen by? All of, these are supposed to happen within the next 15 years. Okay. So he also wanted to be around to warn people of the oncome of Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, also known as mad cow disease, which uh, spreads to all food products and possibly helps incite the civil war in the United mm. States. When questioned about them by an online subscriber, Titor also expressed an interest in mysteries such as UFOs, which remained unexplained in his time. He said that UFOs or extraterrestrials might actually be travelers from much further into the future than his own time with superior time machines. <laughs> he said that in 2015, Russia is going to launch a nuclear strike against the other cities in the United States, China, and Europe. Bring it, Russia. You ain't going to do that. Yeah. You got nothing. And then eventually he, he just stopped posting and was never heard from again. <laughs> so he that would assume to be he made it back. Yeah, he may have gotten the last of his cesium atomic clocks and managed to make it back to it his made, own And time. gravity locks? And gravity locks. Is that actually a thing other than just used in sci-fi as it a It sounds like a Doctor Who thing. Yeah, like, it's like one of those like, This place has gravi gravity locks, it's, we can't get in here. It's a machine that can manipulate gravity and you lock it into place. It's like what a gravity lock is. Yeah, exactly. So that's the tale of John Titor. And it's it's become <laughs> this sort of like folklore thing, like, was it true? We've never debunked it. And there's no record of a John Titor ever existing in our own time. So therefore, so someday Titor will come back to save us. And they say that a Titor will save us, driving through time on a beam. That's really beautiful. Sorry, I just let you go. <laughs> it's something that I've I've dreamed about every night since. What <laughs> being Titor? Being or, or one day becoming Titor? John Titor and inspiring a young thirteen-year-old Aaron to. <laughs> <laughs> investigate the hope that you might be a lost time I, I just described 12 monkeys but in a really really lame internet version of yeah it. totally i have another one but it's just such like ridiculous levels of time travel <laughs> this one is one of those ones where like can you not have just picked one conspiracy theory could you not have picked one so this is one where they where it's a patchwork where the conspiracy theorists lumped all of them everything together. is just stayed on uh, tied together it's called the montauk project montauk i believe is okay that new york is an area in new york yeah, is I think it, I've heard of this. Like, it was tied into the Philadelphia Experiment, which is a famous thing in the 40s. Yeah, so it's it's one that's linked to many of things, including uh, it's what many people believe was uh, a government facility in the U.S. used for, uh, and this is like a, uh, multiple accounts from someone who said, I used to work there. And this is what they're, this is what of they're course. doing. Of course. It's what always doing some there. guy who's been disavowed by the government and yeah. has no records. Of uh, or just like not there. even like a, a nameless, a named source, just like someone on the internet, like, I used to work there. I used to work there. Uh, and it's, the real and it's a pretty intimidating building. It's like, um, a, it looks like the Bureau of P Paranormal Research and Defense okay. from Hellboy with a giant radar dish on it. Okay. So just like, oh, that, that'd be cool. That'd be a cool mad scientist building. Yeah. Uh, but it's been linked to having places for experiments in teleportation, parallel dimensions, and time travel. So a lot of the stories were like, oh, this is where they're trying to go back and either change the Manhattan Project or they're trying to affect like, another course of time or if something's missing, it's because of that. Uh, but it's so ridiculous. Uh, I'll just list some of the things uh, from online that the Montauk Project is linked to doing. In 
August 12, 1983, the time travel project there interlocked in hi hyperspace with the original Philadelphia experiment back from 1943, and the USS Eldridge was drawn into hyperspace and trapped there. Two men, Al Bilek and Duncan Cameron, both claimed to have leapt from the deck of the USS Eldridge while it was in hyperspace and ended up, after a period of severe disorientation, at Camp Hero in the year 1983 at yep. Montauk Point. <laughs> Here, they claim to have met John von Neumann, the famous physicist and mathematician, even though he died in 1957. <laughs> Instead, he just traveled forward in time. Von Neumann had also supposedly worked on the Philadelphia Experiment. Yeah, the Philadelphia Experiment, by the way, uh, amazingly campy movie uh, was based on it. And the idea is that in the 40s, during World War II, they came up with this new means of camouflage that would cause the ship to completely disappear to the naked eye, right? But it turns out that it was actually tapping into some weird energy source and something went wrong and it just launched the ship uh, forward in time to 1983 for a split second and two okay. people fell off and ran around 1983 and then fell in love with someone and then eventually got back to their own time. Oh, so that movie's based off of this claim. Yes, okay. that exact I mean, incident I mean, is made into a terrible movie you can watch. On is it a romantic course. comedy? That sounds like, like a fun comedy. It kind of was a sci-fi romance. Who's in that? Uh, nobody famous. Oh, okay. So like <laughs> young Keanu Reeves. Yeah. No, it was not a great film, but I watched it. I could see that being like other than the ridiculous concept, I could watch that movie. Yeah, it was it was just like a bunch of like, hey there, you knuckleheads, I'm from nineteen forty five. What's the deal with the eighties? And they're like, Wow. Uh there's a few other claims related to the building. Uh Enrico Chekhov, a Spanish Russian dissident, reported in nineteen eighty eight after defecting to America, that satellite surveillance captured during the nineteen seventies showed the formation of a large bubble of space time centered on the site, lending further support to the D one based time tunnel research. So everyone's assuming that this base now has a stable time portal or tunnel. Like a Stargate. And it made a very much a Stargate. Uh, very much like a Stargate. <laughs> Everyone just is like, oh, they have the technology. Also, they mentioned that along with this time tunnel, multiple accounts that not only there's a time tunnel, but that Nikolai Tesla, uh, who course. had been dead for a while, had actually faked his death in a conspiracy and was chief op director of operations ah, of the base. I love it. It's just like the best thing. Like I love they it. build a time tunnel and they like go grab I, Tesla to I like run operations and there. Read that yeah, don't you want to write that now. series? It's really, really good. That's great. Uh, <laughs> also like the idea that there's a satellite image of a time bubble. Which, like, what would that look like? Would it just be a bunch of clocks? Yeah. And, like, grandfather <laughs> clocks just swirling around? Like the old 50s version of, we're going through time. Yeah. Just weird eyes floating around. Like, someone goes, that's that's strange. That's kind of weird. Satellite photo click. A few other details. The faculty was expanded to as many as 12 levels and 700 workers. Some reports have the facility extending under the town of Montauk itself, interconnected with vast maglev tunnel networks to other, quote, deep underground military bases. The place is also excused of having contact with aliens by using said time tunnel. It's just one of those, like... So aliens are just, what, future post-humans Yeah, I'm kind of following that as well. Uh, much so of that, the, that leads more to the aliens are actually time travelers from the future. Yeah. yeah much of, of the, John Titor. It's just... It's so many things. Like, just pick... That's really good sci-fi comic book. It's very much like BPRD or... Yeah. Where you're just taking a bunch of cool concepts. Like, sure, Tesla's there. It's like Atomic sure. Robo. Uh, and Einstein also. Einstein's His brain, also His brain is in a cyborg. <laughs> uh, the only real evidence for this book is apparently something called The Montauk Project by Preston B. Nichols and Peter Moon, which also claims that time travel was used to affect the outcome of the American Civil War. 
and that the, what, mo- the and then the moon landing hook. Originally? This is also what I'm saying is that the moon landing hook was also partially organized in Montauk. So they're just they're putting everything. So wait, under okay, it. moon landing is obviously fake. It was to cover up the time tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> not, not only that, scientists there formed a cult and made a 50 foot titanium ziggurat that they worshipped. <laughs> that bioengineering projects created the Jersey Devil. <laughs> And the black yes, helicopters go, go, were go. manufactured go. there, which is like, which someone always like, when you could just, why would you have to make specifically black helicopters? You could just like make a helicopter and then paint it black. I'm oh, dying. and and here is, and here is the crowning piece of resistance, <laughs> and that the AIDS virus was created there, and then we made and we distributed it to the populace. Oh, so this is God. just a go-to place of every crazy <laughs> conspiracy theory. You can label onto the Montauk project. You want to write about this dark facility that makes everything bad and good. It could just be called My Parents Live Outside of Montauk. (laughs) (laughs) It's about this guy who goes to visit his parents and it turns out to be a super. Yeah, so that's uh, the Montauk project. Super batshit crazy. Amazing. I love that. (laughs) I love that they threw the Jersey Devil in there. Jersey Devil, sure. They they manufactured the Jersey Devil to be a government weapon. (laughs) (laughs) And they gave him a syringe of AIDS. And they said, go, they said, go, Jersey Devil, go. Go, go spread go, your pox. Go get him. And, te- upon the, the and, Tesla, and Tesla's watching all this, like, I don't know if this is a good idea, guys. But <laughs> he's just like, go for it. <laughs> no, I think this is best in the name of science to give this monster we created the ability just to Just double fisting AIDS. syringe needles of AIDS, just going out and injecting AIDS into all of Jersey and New York, which also means oh that AIDS God. came from the East Coast. I am dying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I think right now is probably a good time to segue into something that takes a little less uh, brain power. Yeah, take us home with something nice. Game. Uh, as we mentioned before, a lot of people claim to have photographs of the uh, the, the time travelers in their native habitat, which right. is the past and out of time. So I've collected a few of these photos, Chad, mm-hmm. and uh, on a scale from one to five... Uh, let's say TARDISes or H.G. Wells time machines. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I want to say, I want I want say time machines. Time machines. Yeah. Uh, I want you to rank how preposterous or how great, uh, preposterous being one and great being five TARDISes, uh, it is. So okay? the more believable it is, a higher. Not, doesn't even have to be believable. Like, you want to believe it. Okay, sure. five. Okay. And one is. And get out of here as well. Get out of here as well. Okay, all right. All right, so. Q, and again, we will also tweet all of these from yeah, our Twitter Q, account. Cue game show music. All right, so uh, this first case is known as the Baziago case, right? So uh, a a lawyer named Andrew Baziago claims to have been part of a top-secret U.S. time travel experiment as a child. The group sent child time travelers out, and he provided a photo from Lincoln's Gettysburg address as proof. Here's the child in the center of this picture. No child of 1863 could have looked like this at all. Okay, I'm looking at this again. We will put this up online for you guys to see. So, as you can see, in the middle of it is a photo of of the child time traveler. And and you can kind of see that he's wearing, like, sneakers and has, like, sort of a ball cap on. Hmm. But uh, it's surrounded by all these 1863 uh, Civil War soldiers. Were there not sneakers back then? I don't think they were sneakers. I feel like, they, they, I feel like we would have had to figure out rubber shoes. Those, they look like, not like Nike brand. They're just kind of like simple boat shoes. Okay. I say, I actually really like the idea of child time child travel time soldiers. Time. It was because 
it's like less dangerous for the society. Like if you send a child back and loses a time travel, they're like, oh, put him in the insane asylum. He's gone. Exactly. There's less of a risk of like of ruining leaks. the secret of your time travel with sure. a child soldier. I don't believe that one is true because the chi- the child looks bored in the photo. Yeah, that and should- he would be like, wow. Yeah, I'm full of old people. He'd be poking. Well, let me give you a little more backstory. I, I have okay. a couple of very quick quotes. Okay. <clears throat> uh, he claims it was with a project called Project Pegasus. So he said by the 1970, the U.S. government was using chronovision to record on film a vast amount of footage of past and future events. I was shown remote images of the signing of the U.S. Constitution in 1787 and saw George Washington and Benjamin Franklin as they appeared in life. We could see that the technicians were there filming reams and reams of scenes of past events on 16mm film stock and storing it in film canisters. Presumably, this process is being done digitally today. What? (laughs) I believe that is actually a boy in the time or a Photoshop photo. I believe it's a real. I believe it's just a real boy. Okay. Like, the sneakers are so vague and hard to see. Like, the rest of his outfit is just general. Like, I'm a poor boy in the old yeah. time. So, out of five, one to five. Eh, two. Okay. Yeah. Two? Two, yeah, two. two TARDISes? Yeah, I just yeah. like the idea of child. He also has a really soldiers. weird story about how when he went back there, he saw his dad. And then he fought, and then he's like, "Yeah, I talked to my dad afterward, and, and that was apparently before my dad okay. knew I was a member of the Time Patrol." And then Dad was really proud of me. Dad was you like, was. "Oh, you're really doing good, son. You're really doing good, Dad." Dad, dad, dad hugged me. All right, okay. So this next one, I like it because it's, it has to do with my ancestor, Charlie Chaplin. In the promotional footage for Charlie Chaplin's movie The Circus, which came out in 1928, mm-hmm. there's a silent movie like newsreel footage, and then in the middle of it, you see this old woman mm-hmm. walking through, talking to a cell phone. That one is bull. You can't see the cell phone at all. You're seeing a lady hold an ear, something up to her ear. So it's, and there's several, I gotta say, there's several photos like this of possible time traveler, and it's always someone holding something up to their ear, as if to imply that they are on their cell phone, forgetting that they traveled back in time. Which is... But what else could it be, Chad? Why would they be talking on their phone? There's no towers. Who would they be talking to? Oh, hello. I'm just uh, going to see Charlie Chaplin in the flesh. I'm no, on my vacation. You see no phone in their hand. You see a, a gnarled hand holding it. Uh, I believe a few people have debunked this. And I, I agree with their opinion of it's an old, uh, older, outdated hearing aid. Like oh, like old, an like, ear, ear like, horn. The, like the horns you have to hold up. It's just tinier, so you hold it up. And this dumb old lady who's in a Charlie Chaplin film just walking by, holding up so she can hear. Because... Who are you calling? If you're a time traveler, who are you calling? You're either infiltrating and not trying to stand out, so you might be calling back to base. But just the sheer idea that you're sending back time travel signals, like you're putting airwaves mm-hmm. on time travel. Do you know how much it must disrupt the time travel? <laughs> just Continu- sending messages back. Yeah, like downloading a text, downloading a ringtone, like a uh, dumb how, how time travel phone. How disruptive would that really be? Like, oh yeah, I'm watching a silent film. Yeah. It's great. Like, <laughs> they can't, they can't, they, they, they can only hear your voice. They can, hear, they can hear you on set. No, these guys are all stupid and dumb. No one here can talk. They don't even have talkies yet. I, I'm talking in this theater. Yeah, you know, Charlie Chaplin's gonna look like Hitler later. That's really crazy. Isn't that I, crazy? I think I think all of the looks like they're on a phone photographs are either fake or okay. just a misinterpretation. So one to five? One. one. Straight one. All right. Yeah. I, that's fair enough. Okay, I already this know it, the one you got next. This next is one, favorite one, anachronistic man at a bridge opening in 1940. The photo is just from some weird 
really inconsequential bridge opening in 1940, surrounded by like a bunch of old men in suits and ties, like you'd see in like a film noir. Mm-hmm. And then right in the middle is this crazy steampunk guy with goggles and and like a sweater and a printed T-shirt. He looks like he'd be uh, a guitarist for Power Man 5000. Exactly. He he's completely out of place and is like. And people have speculated, why is he there? It would nothing happened to that bridge, and like maybe nothing happened because, because he was he's there. there. Uh, you know. I think he stands out from the rest of the photo. I think it's a Photoshop. You think it's a Photoshop? I think it's a Photoshop because just if you look at the quality of it, it is just the lighting's still there. It's a decent replication. But he just looks clearer compared to everyone. Everyone else has like. But this is hanging in a museum. What? What museum? The photograph. The photograph? Yeah. No, I mean like, where was it put there? But I guess that's good. it. Could be that someone snuck it in there, like I, Bank- I like guess, how Banksy snuck one of his photos into the Louvre. I guess if there was a museum. That said, we without a doubt know that this photograph was in here like this 80 years ago before mm-hmm. photomanipulation. I would then go, oh shit, that's crazy. I like this one because he looks like he's just in among everyone. Yeah. He looks kind of like this a time traveler. This one's my favorite one. He has, like, he has like sci-fi, te- like cool Oakley shades. Yeah. Kind of what you would wear if you're from the future time traveling. Like something kind of neutral, but enough for like, oh, that's that's not. He's, I could see why people wouldn't all be staring at him, though they kind of should be. The sunglasses are a little too much. Unless you need to protect your eyes from constantly teleporting. Like, if I saw that guy at a club and he was ordering a a weird sci-fi drink, I'd be like, hey, man, what time you from? I'll give this one... Honestly, other than Photoshop, I'll give this one four out of five. For for just plausibility. Plausibility, kind of just... It's set up well. I wish there was an old photograph of just a man in an astronaut suit. This might be a time traveler. There actually is a photo like that, of that exact scenario. Oh, really? Of an astronaut back yeah, there? Yeah, it was just some guy developed a roll of film after taking some photos, and then it's I think it's called the Spaceman photo. Mm-hmm. And so it's just it's this photo of this girl in a field, right? And then suddenly behind him is this astronaut man who was just there for like a blink of a second and then gone. That's terrifying. Yeah, we'll, we'll pull it up now. There it is. What? That's oh, just that's freaking me out. <laughs> so it's the idea. So that could be a time traveler. So it's they have this photo, and then there's just a a man in white. Oh, that's that's giving me chills. It's like a perfect level of like an old decayed photograph. Man in all in white with a black obscured face. Just and standing. just peeking over her head is this man in this very space agey looking. Oh, I don't like that. Oh, I don't. I don't. It's actually getting like chills in my stomach right now. <laughs> Do not like. I got that one five out of five. This one five out of five. Five okay. out of five. One freaks me out. All right. So that concludes our game. We have a winner. <laughs> hey. The Solway Firth Space Band. Oh, scary. Wins. It's just got the perfect composition of like I'm here to get you guys. I, I briefly wanted to discuss: um, Is time travel possible? And the answer is yes. Actually, it is possible, and it happens all the time. What? Uh, what are you hitting me with right now? There's this thing called the time dilation effect okay. that has to do with the theory of relativity, which is because uh, gravity and time are so inexplicably linked, the more gravity that you're exposed to, the more your personal time space is uh, affected. Okay. And that's also related to speed, so that the faster you're moving, the more your personal reference of time is different than the people in a, a point standing right, That's still. a pretty standard sci-fi trope, right? Like, if you go through light speed fast yeah. enough for long enough, you essentially stop. You age slower than right. everyone else. But what's interesting is you don't have to be going light speed for it to happen. Okay. It happens in very minor amounts every day. Whenever you're on the rip and roll and roller coaster at Six well, Flags. Yeah, for instance. Or, or more specifically, satellites... And the ISS astronauts uh, actually come back slightly younger than they would have been 
if they would have been on Earth. But how are they proving? Are they carbon dating them? They have atomic clocks on the ISS, and they have atomic clocks on Earth. And by the end of it, they're they're off. How much? Well, I mean, like a couple seconds. Uh, well, I mean, if you want to break the majesty, I don't want. I just want to know as a matter of days. They're younger by point zero zero seven seconds. But still, no, that's, cool. that's not. That's all right. That's kind of cool. But okay, so is it a matter of getting farther away from Earth? Like, is it a matter of like gravity where you it's, just need to it's be? It's getting away from gravity, and also the faster you're going, because the ISS is moving at something crazy, like you know, four thousand miles an hour. So we need to have the ISS go faster and faster. Or, 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 you go to a black hole. If you can generate or go near a black hole, obviously if you go into the black hole, you're dead. You become a spaghetti monster. <laughs> but if you if you get next to the black hole, it, near the event horizon, but not mm-hmm. quite there, the gravity there is very, very intense without being infinite. Hmm. But because it's so so intense, you know, anytime you have a point of infinite anything in, in physics, just about anything becomes possible. So the gravity would be so intense there that if you can skim around the black hole, you could travel into the future at an accelerated. Do you know rate. how tough that must be to grind that black hole? Like just, <laughs> just ride that line perfectly. Maybe like the like, ultimate skateboard move. Yeah, you're just moving your ship around. Like, oh, just it's hard enough to park my car in the Trader Joe's parking lot as I was like yeah. piling a spaceship on the edge of like one inch over the right. You're gonna start getting sucked in. That's but, insane. So in theory, you could if you did it for like four months, you could come out the other side without falling in, and you'd be like 400 years in the future. Wow. Let's yeah. do... Well, there's no way we can do that. Well, once we get... It's all relative, right? Like, if you were like, closer to the black hole and did that, you'd still, like, progress some time. Yeah. You don't have to be, like, on that little fr- the, the, threshold. The closer you get to the black hole, the faster you'll travel through time. Okay. All right. So don't, like... So don't that, get on the edge. But that's like only one way. Close. That can only go to the future. You can't go back. Right. Why do that, you go back? That is reserved for wormholes. Because wormholes are weird uh, space-time geometries that are essentially where space-time is bent in such a way where one point in time may actually touch, like, touch noses, like dogs meeting. Okay. Uh, another point in space-time, and there, there can be, like, a little breach in between them, so when you fly through it, you're suddenly back in time. So if you can find a stabilized wormhole, in theory, you could go back in time. <laughs> okay. And, th- and that could happen. We could, fl- like, a stabilized wormhole could come over, suddenly appear outside of Earth and suck it through, and then we'd be in another time. There's nothing funny about that. That's just fascinating. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> science is cool. Like, science-y, less funny episode of, of Paranoia Shots. I, I think like, it's been pretty funny. No, it's we could, fun. I could drop some interesting facts on you at this just point. Just drop some farts in there. Just put some, like... <laughs> hey, gravity hole. I... All right, that's uh, pretty great. All right, so I think that that about wraps it up uh, for the discussion of time travel. Yeah, I mean, well, doesn't let me say that wraps up for today's discussion. For today, of time yes, travel. there I, are I, so I, many things we could talk about still. That was me reining it in, but yeah, but that's that that's a, a good jumping off point on our little road trip through time. Much like monsters and other episodes we've done, crypt- cryptozoology. I know that this will not be the last time we visit right time travel theories because it's the they're the most they're the most fun. Oh, you're the best time travel theories. You're the you're the I you're love the best. It. I love you. Uh, if I can say, if there's anything that we we missed or a really good story you think we should cover or or should hit, 
hit us up. We have it. We have this whole contact info. Um, yeah, we got a, a few us. suggestions from you guys, and we're actually putting them into future episodes. So thank you very much for that. We will give you major props. You can email us at uh, paranoia shop at gmail.com. That's paranoia. S-H-O-P-P-E, spelled all fancy-like, mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Or we have a Twitter now. We do so have a Twitter. find us on Twitter, Paranoia Shop, par- S-H-O-P-P-E. Same thing. Or you can contact Chad and I directly. Uh, uh, you can hit up me, at Quantum Theory, Q-U-A-N-D-T-U-M Theory. And I'm at Good Aaron. Yeah, we, we love hearing you guys' feedback on, on discussions, on episodes. Guys, it's honestly, it's great. Great hearing some direct feedback. Sure. Uh, and hit, us, yeah, hit us up. What was your it, favorite segment? That's, uh, that, not you. That was just me just Well, saying. that's something we've done in the past. We've been like, what's your favorite segment? Oh, yeah. So which, which of these is your favorite uh, time travel theory? Or, or, or supposed encounter. I'm, I'm biased. I really liked mine because I like dumb people who clearly didn't t- travel through time and just saw a fancy party. <laughs> sure. Uh, I'd say, honestly, I really liked uh, the weird spaceman popping up in that in that girl because it gave me the chills. Yeah, that was a good one. Just a little one. Just to me, I think some of these mysteries, they're kind of great when you don't have details on them. Sure. Because you have to fill in your own fill in the blanks, and so. The spaceman, which I believe is being called the Solway Sol- Earth, the Solway First Spaceman, we looked it up, uh, is fascinating because it's all you get. You just get that one photograph that image, says so no much. Explanation. Yeah, what about you? My favorite is probably the one we started with, which is the Antikythera mechanism, because I I've loved that ever since I saw Leonard Nimoy talk about it on Sci-Fi <laughs> Channel. Good. And yeah, listen to what you thought. What's, what's something we missed? Hit us up. We really, honestly, love your guys' comments and feedback. It makes it. We're not doing this for money, obviously. We're doing it for you guys' entertainment enjoyment reach back to us give us a little internet handshake and say yeah. how do you do how just do you give do? us a high five via the webs via the webs uh and also make sure you check out all the other great shows in our little network of explosive magico you can go to what is it god always poops god makes poop god god makes poop.com or explosivemagico or explosivemagico.com uh, has a feed of all of the episodes of every show in the little network uh, there's my arms are lasers that's one that I'm on and Chad's I, gonna be I'm on I'm gonna be on it soon we're talking about Snow Crash there's LOLJK I think uh, our good friends Kyle and Joey and Brian and people get drunk and scream at each other it's actually pretty fun pretty fun uh, there's also the Explosive Magico podcast itself maybe maybe it's named after the network or something. Who knows? Who knows? But check them all out. You can find them all there or at tinyurl.com slash Magico. You can also find them on FeedBurner if you hate iTunes and think it's the devil. So with that, thanks for listening, guys. Really appreciate it. I have one little thing that I want to wrap up uh, today's discussion with. Sure, hit us. If you let me. Time travel pornography. Yeah, one of the most respected senior and widely published professors of psychology, Daryl Bim of Cornell, has just published an article that suggests that people, ordinary people, can be altered by experiences they haven't had yet. Time, he suggests, is leaking. The future has slipped unannounced into the present, and he thinks he can prove it. In a simple experiment, Dr. Bim measured the physiological response of test subjects. Two computer-generated boxes appeared on the screen. After three seconds, one of them would randomly open to reveal pornography. (laughs) In the experiment, he found a scientifically verifiable response happened to the subjects who got porno two to three seconds before they saw it. Wait, so like it wouldn't always be porno. It would just be... It would, it would sometimes not be porno, sometimes it was. But they would have a physiological response, either embarrassment, oh. either embarrassment or, or, or excitement or erections. Before the box Three seconds open. before the box opened. And this would happen before the box would open with nothing in it. Yeah, so, meaning somehow the future of them seeing porno leaked into the past and made them feel embarrassed or excited. That's pretty amazing. Can I guess one thing that might mess up this whole theory? What's that? I'm seeing this guy do this study with his test subjects, and he's bracing them for each box before it opens he's like 
Are you ready for this next one? <laughs> oh, you wanna next one? And then, and then it's gonna be really fun. And I was like, this is this is another one you shouldn't really care about. And he was like, are you ready for this next? He also one? had research assistants sucking their. <laughs> 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 are you are you ready for this next one? And this is like. Just, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so time porno guys look it up it's real <laughs> thanks for listening <laughs> thanks for listening I'm gonna go d- in the past <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>